Hello there, this is Daniel Hodge, and I play Darth Malak and Kendris in Unreal Cinema's Knights of the Old Republic series. This is the Old Republic Podcast. Be sure to check out their Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. This is where the fun begins. ORP listeners, today we are joined again by our friend Dennis, the excellent composer who has joined us on the KOTOR music episode and a Tatooine episode and who's composed our lo-fi and our intro and outro music. So how are you Mm -hmm. doing, Dennis? I'm doing well, tired as always, but such is is composer life. (laughs) Yeah, so it's great to have you back and... Uh, I mean, not to spoil anything, but we are going to be talking about Knights of the Old Republic 2, and if anything, that score is all about atmosphere, and I must apologize, but if you can hear my AC, we're just going to say <laughs> that it adds to the atmosphere of this episode. It's ambiance. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah, you you need some cool atmosphere now because it is real hot outside, so yeah, yeah forgive oh, any yeah, AC I'm... sounds. I'm in my studio right now, and door is shut, windows are shut, and uh, I'm cooking. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's right. But the, these are the sacrifices we make to to bring you know bring these episodes to you and bring uh, great guests like Dennis back on. So yeah, glad to glad to have you back for sure. Um, you've uh, you've uh, graduated since you're on last, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I graduated uh, from Brooklyn College. I got my master's degree in media scoring. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. We will watch your career with great interest. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. So um, I thought uh, we could do something a little fun here before we get started into uh, the Knights of the Old Republic 2 kind of music conversation. Um, This was actually something that was suggested to us by a fan and friend of the show here. Um, It goes by the username snaz underscore Craig on Instagram. Oh, God, I love him. He's great. But yeah, he he sent a message uh, quite a while ago um, asking us to do a Star Wars Battle of the Bands. And I said, you know what? That sounds like an excellent idea. That is right up our alley. We are, you know, rabid fans of Max Rebo himself. Uh, So, of course, we want to do a Battle of the Bands. Uh, And, you know, what better time to do it than when we have Dennis, you know, our resident musician on uh, to, you know, to go through our our lineups here for Battle of the Bands. So I set a few little little guide guide rules, but these aren't you know these aren't hard and firm. But uh, I thought maybe we could each pick like a four piece band, you know, a la uh, the Beatles, uh, something like that, and you know get this kicked off. We'll see who we think put together the best band. Anyone you know listening out there, let us know who you think did the best band. And then I have uh, you know a lineup from uh, Snaz Craig here uh, to go through. Uh, too, but yeah, Cassia, we, we love music. We love Star Wars music. Obviously, we're here talking to Dennis. We, you know, we've talked about Max Rebo a bunch of times. We did a whole behind the music for Max Rebo. Yeah, Battle of the Bands had to be next, I think. Yeah, I mean, Max Rebo is kind of like God to us. You know, he is mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the musical uh, elephant and savior. You know, so. <laughs> We're all things. Where would we uh, be without Max Rebo? Honestly? Yeah, like we we are just like the biggest fans you can be. Except Hooney probably has a beat, but that's mm. why we had him join us on our on our Max Rebo episode. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. That's right. Yeah, he would have just picked Max Rebo uh, four times. No, I did. I did say that we should not pick Max Rebo for our lineups because Max is a professional musician. Uh, you know, the Cantina Band, professional musicians. So we should probably uh, leave them out of the equation. But um, I guess I'll, I'll run through um, the, our our submitted one from Snaz Craig. You know, this was his idea, so we should put his band up uh, first here. So uh, let's see who, what do we have. So his band name is Knights of Ren. 
uh, that's night as in night time, not as in, you know, uh, a knight in armor. So Knights of Rem, uh, they are an alt metal punk group and they are comprised of Kylo, uh, with a cross guard bass, uh, doing some, uh, whiny screamo vocals. We have General Grievous on drums with glowing drumsticks, which he no doubt, uh, you know, took from the, uh, <laughs> the bodies of the other drummers that he disposed of uh, as we're getting into the Battle of the Bands. Wow. We have Asajj Ventress on kitar and vocals, uh, which, which is awesome. Asajj on a kitar. I love that. I love that. And then last but not least, on rhythm guitar, we have Boba Fett uh, playing a guitar with a built-in flamethrower. Uh, you know, as Boba Fett would be one to do, I think. Uh, so that's, like that Mad sounds Max. great. Kind of like Mad Max. It's kind of like maybe like a Kiss concert. I don't know. I feel like they probably had a guitar with fire in it at some point. Um, I don't know for sure. But that sounds like that sounds like a pretty good lineup, I think. Yeah. That is a solid lineup. lineup. But yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so thanks so much for sending that in, Snaz Craig. Thank you uh, for this idea because this is going to be a lot of fun. So um, I don't I don't know who wants who wants to get this thing started off with their band lineup. Uh, Cassio, why don't why don't you uh, kick things off here? Yeah, I'll give Dennis some time to think, but I was kind of like looking at KOTOR. I was like, Revan could have a cool Kurt mm. Cobain thing going on. Last okay, okay. could begin as kind of an Adele, you know? Mm. Uh, okay. And maybe when she turns to the dark side, it's kind of a little bit more of an evanescence kind of, kind of sound, you know? Because I don't mm. know if you know this, but like the cool. song that like, Wake Me Up Inside actually came from the daredevil uh movie back in 2003 i believe wait and really yeah i did not know that i listened to that album so much when i was in like middle school yeah and like yeah. every every fan vid with bastila in like 2003 was basically evanescence in that song so i guess <laughs> it's like kind of imprinted on me like oh FNF, man yeah evanescence is bastila but Karth, I kind of see him as having a bit of a Leonard Cohen kind of tone to him, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really know if those three voices go well together, but they could maybe do some good uh, solo tracks and collaborate off the scenes, you know? Maybe Mission and Big Z could have a K-pop band, but then I I was thinking about KOTOR 2. Kreia... Maybe she just has a hip-hop album, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. And she just yeah. tells you what it is, you know? And it could just be called Influence, and then it will have, like, a plus and minus on it. Wow. You know? <laughs> and it's, like, the best cover of all time, you know? Uh, I see At and Rand kind of like Linkin Park, you know? It's interesting. Mm. Maybe it's not for everyone, but for those who it is for, it means everything, you know? Yeah. His debut album is called The Fool. <laughs> the fool yeah he has he would have a killer outfit too i have to say uh and then Beodur, I, I was kind of like ooh, frank sinatra i just think he has like a, a really good voice that like mm-hmm. i'm into you know and who isn't into frank sinatra but like exile i was like nina simone she oh, okay she, she has like a, a great voice because she's seen things. She has to experience them. And how does she tell them? She tells them through song, you know. But then I was like, that sounds great. But you know what? Who my band is? It's Anakin Skywalker and the Four Masters. And you have Anakin, who would really kind of like to go a little bit more emo, you know. Like, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I saw Hayden Christensen his life as a house. And I was like, why weren't there five more movies like this? Because he's really pulling off this goth look, you know? But alas, it wasn't to be. And then Obi-Wan would be his friend, but Obi-Wan could be swayed by Mason Yoda, you know? Mm. Uh, Qui-Gon was Team Anakin, you know? But then Qui-Gon passes away, and then there could be, you know, the Emperor or Palpatine coming into to Yoko the band. No offense to Yoko Ono. I just wanted to use that as a as a <laughs> verb, you know, but I don't know yeah. what about you guys? Yeah, there you, there you go. That 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 uh takes me I just finished watching uh, Get Back yesterday, so uh Yoko is fresh <laughs> on, on my mind too. Um do you want to go Dennis or I have I have mine here. Um or if you want to if you will save you for last if that works. Uh sure. That's fine with me. Yeah. 
Okay, we'll we'll save the professional for last, and then Dennis can tell us, you know, all the all the things that we had wrong. So, so I have a four piece band here. I have I have my uh, my selection, and then I also have a couple of of alternates. You know, one I w- ones I was thinking about as I was going through. Um, so for my drummer, um, I kind of had had this vision in my head. You know, from Obi Wan Kenobi, we had Ned B, that big droid, had that hammer. Um, you also have like the armor has like the hammer. So I was like, may- you know, maybe maybe that's kind of like a Roger Taylor uh, from queen sort of thing you know getting ready to go go to town on that gong uh i don't know maybe that would be good maybe general grievous would be good uh you know like snaz craig said i uh, could have four uh drumsticks that seems good uh but my drummer is going to be chopper from rebels uh because he reminds me of animal from the muppets uh he's kind of unhinged and uh you know that's that's how your drummers are so i am picking chopper as my drummer uh, my bass player, I'm going with Chewbacca because he is reliable. Everyone likes him. He's not an attention singer. Uh, you know, that's what that's what you want in a bass player. Now, I did think for bass, maybe what we should do is we should have uh, Flea. What was his name? Vect No Crew. Uh, he was just in uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. He is a literal bass player um, <laughs> in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I thought maybe maybe that would be good. Um, I also thought Din Djarin could be a good bass player because he could, you know, he can take direction well. He can, uh, you know, he can just uh, go down and lay down some beats. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while, he could uh, he could rip into a uh, good bass drum solo. So I thought that would be good, but I'm going with Chewbacca for my bass player. Uh, for my for my lead guitarist, um, I, I was thinking along the same lines as you, uh, Cassia. I think that Anakin would make a good lead guitar player because you know he wants he wants to be the best. He thinks that he's the best. Um, he's a little bit volatile, um, and he cares about the band a lot. Uh, so he's he's a good choice. But I'm actually going to go with Princess slash General Leia on the lead guitar because she is the most talented. But she has to let the lead singer take all of the credit for all the work that she does, uh, just like. <laughs> Luke through the whole thing. So uh, Leia is my guitar player, and then my lead singer. Okay, so this is this was a tough one because I had a lot of uh, really good options. So I thought maybe Emperor Palpatine uh, could bring like some Bob Dylan sort of vibes to it. You know, when he's talking through the Darth Plagueis story, I thought that that's that could be generous. good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that's pretty good. Um, I thought about him. I thought about. Poe Dameron, uh, you know, he's uh, he is a spotlight-loving uh, kind of a guy, so maybe he would be good. Um, I thought C-3PO, he already performed on a Star Wars album on uh, Christmas in the Stars, so uh, maybe he would be good. But I'm going to go with my lead singer is Kira. Uh, she would be a really good singer songwriter. She has her life experience of growing up on the mean streets of Corellia, um, and now you know she's living that rock star lifestyle. Uh, you know, kind of like kind of like Janis Joplin's uh, songwriting with uh, Cher's outfit changes. I think that that would be good. Uh, Bobby Frick is, of course, going to be my guitar tech, and my band is called Coaxium because it, it's a little bit volatile, it's a little bit explosive, but it's a good time and it gets you where you need to go. Yeah. You all put a lot of thought into this. I, I did not put nearly as much thought into this. Uh, that that's okay because our thought our thoughts don't make any sense. But you, um, Dennis, you you know these things about about music, and you know uh, who would make a good musician. So I think that I think that we're gonna have to take your list here. You know, uh, pretty seriously. Yeah. So my band, uh, I call it Dark Siders, and it's and it's all people mm. who have either like who went from like light to dark or the opposite in some cases um so i had i kind of cheated a little bit with this i had anakin as the singer but strictly because it's kind of a deep cut reference in the book the approaching storm uh he has to like sing to this uh group of of natives on this planet uh i don't even remember why i read it so long ago but um, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's it's this whole thing. It was a tie-in book to Attack of the Clones, so they introduced Luminara and Barris in the book, mm-hmm. and so it's Obi Wan, Anakin, Barris, and Luminara all on this all on this planet, and uh, Barris shows off to this like camp, almost like campfire like ritual kind of thing by doing like a, a dance with with her lightsaber, um, and Anakin just gets up and sings. And I just thought that was the funniest thing for some reason. So yeah, he's 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 the singer. I have Asaj on guitar. I don't know why, just for some reason, I feel like uh, 
she, someone she who's that good with two lightsabers, both in a double-bladed form and in uh, dual wielding, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have like the dexterity to um, really shred. <laughs> yeah. I have on base, I have Kip Duran from the EU. Um, okay. I don't know why. He has this... I, I keep saying that for everyone. I don't know why, but... Uh, <laughs> he has this... I don't. I don't know. Well, one, he was possessed by Exar Kun, and he. They. They both give me these like. Brooding bass player vibes for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I had Kylo on drums because he just likes to take his anger out on things, and I feel like that'd be a healthy outlet for him. You know. Yeah, yeah. that actually would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much much healthier than you know just destroying consoles and and things you know when, <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you get agitated at the uh, at the supreme leader. So uh, yeah. yeah, I mean your your uh, your list is is pretty good there. I I don't know for sure who would win the battle of the bands between uh, Dennis Cassia myself and uh, Snaz Craig. I think uh, yeah, you'll just have you'll have to let us know in the comments who you think would be would be the best band. Um, but I'm yeah, looking that was. To it. <laughs> That was that was a lot of fun. So thank you again to Snaz underscore Craig on Instagram yes, for sending thank that you, Snaz. in. Um, we we appreciate it. We love you know kind of weird off the wall um, suggestions like that that we can have fun with. So uh, if you have an idea, send it our way. Uh, we'd love to probably talk about it. So uh, thanks to him again. And why don't we take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to get into the the actual episode uh, now, the more serious bits where we talk about all the music from Kotor Two. Before we dive in to all things KOTOR 2, we had a fun question from our friend Marcus Mosley, who portrays Trask Olgo uh, on the Unreal Cinema KOTOR adaptation, mm. as well as Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi, he plays Jolie Bindo. So his question for you, Dennis, is what would a composition sound like for Jolie? Would it be heroic with hints of tragedy, brass, percussion, or strings? What do you think, Dennis? I'm... See, I've been thinking about this, because I, I wrote that Karth piece, and uh, I, I kind of want to get around to making pieces for everyone who doesn't have one. 
um, maybe not maybe not everyone, but some of the the, the party characters like Juhani and Jolie and Candorous uh, mm-hmm. uh, mission maybe, but um, I'm thinking definitely more like sh- strings and woodwinds almost because I mean you have to have some sort of like natural natural sound because he's been living in Kashyyyk for like 20 years um and also I I don't know about tragedy as much as I I I do just really playing into his his like his gray mindset because it's Mm -hmm. yeah I mean the, the tragedy one was like it was so long ago that it's more like he has this new viewpoint on everything but it's not like it's the tragedies that happen to him aren't consuming him anymore. He's he's more come to accept it. Um, kind of like, kind of like Ahsoka, later on, how she doesn't really have the whole oh the 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 council abandoned me. She's kind of just on her own path, but still sticking mm-hmm. to the light. Yeah. So it'd be so something more like peaceful sounding, maybe. Yeah. More tranquil. Yeah. yeah I'd say I'd say peaceful, but. With a slight, it's not necessarily like happy, peaceful. I, you, you know what I mean? Accepting yeah. peaceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll okay. get around to yeah. writing that at some point. <laughs> as well as uh, Dead Eye Duncan's theme. So. There you go. <laughs> Eagerly. It's, it's going to be the it's going to be the the weirdest thing you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I, that that makes a lot of sense for for Jolie's theme. I think that that would fit kind of the kind of the tone of you know the story where we're we're meeting uh, him yeah. at that point, and and then yeah for his story too. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, thanks to uh, Marcus for sending that question in. Always appreciate that. Yeah. So that question kind of helps uh, tee us up for this section. Jeremy Soule composed KOTOR 1. How would you describe his style compared to Mark Grisky? Well, yeah, it's it's kind of... It's interesting. I've been actually thinking about this for a really long time. And uh, so part of this comes from when I, I talked to Mark um, about, about doing the KOTOR 2 soundtrack. And he said that when he started the project that uh, they were... That Lucas LucasArts was very... Um, insistent on them using the, uh, the like sample libraries and stuff. Just like uh, I want to say, Clint. I can't. I can't pronounce his name. Uh, Clint Bajakian or Bajakian, who did some of the earlier like Jedi Knight games, had done in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jeremy Soul for Kotor, because everything else had just been using uh, like adapting. Um, John Williams's music. So KOTOR 2's decision or like the team's decision to actually abandon that idea and use a real orchestra really changed the tone and everything about it because Jeremy Soule has his own uh, library that he uses. And if you listen to anything else that he did around Mm -hmm. that era, it sounds exactly the same in terms of what the instruments sound like. So, like, he did some of the early Harry Potter games and uh, uh, Elder Scrolls, like Morrowind Oblivion back then. And it all has that same sort of sound to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that having the, this soundtrack, KOTOR 2's soundtrack, would not have been anywhere near as impactful as, as it was without being a real orchestra. I think that's one of the big things to take away, um, is that the instrumentation and the limitations of it really defined Sewell's style, Soul's style mm-hmm. and uh Grisky's style. Yeah, I think um you know having having the real orchestra there it really plays into because you know kind of a big you know kind of kind of the the score and the you know the tone of the score and the theme of the score it's very atmospheric um and I think that you lose some of that you know by not having it you know, I recorded with a with a live orchestra. I think that that really can can play into, and uh, you know, you get that resonance, um, you know, from the orchestra performing these songs. So yeah, I think it's a it's a huge difference for sure. Yeah, and in in terms of atmospheric, 
I think they they both have very strong atmospheric tracks, but it's the style of atmospheric that's that's completely different different between the two, because you have these sort of synthy sounding instruments in the first game, and uh, when they're held for long periods of time, it gives you this sort of tranquility, because it's a very round sound that's coming at you. You know what I mean? You're getting like this it, mm-hmm. this wave of sound. And you can hear that especially in things like uh, like Auto City and Terrace Upper City. Um, but in the second game, a lot of the atmospheric stuff that you hear, it's atmospheric because of um, these sort of scratchy qualities or because you can hear, like, you can hear the instruments themselves, not just the sections. You don't hear, like, mm-hmm. this big wave of violin sound. You hear, like... 10 different violins each playing a tremolo and you can hear the sound of each individual bow hitting the string and it just gives this amazing tension to it yeah and i i really i really like that and i really like kind of kind of that tension and as i was you know kind of going back and listening through um the you know the tracks from kotor they're available they're you know the high quality recordings now on spotify and and itunes you can go back and and listen to it and you know, kind of what i what i took away and just kind of listening to it is is the kotor 2 seems like it's it's kind of you know based off of the same themes that kind of weave uh through the story so you are getting kind of this similar feeling whereas the the kotor score to me seemed a little bit more uh kind of you know driven to individual like characters and moments kind of these big you know you know crescendos for you know our all of our our heroes and uh you know the places that we're going whereas this it's more um it's it's kind of this subtler theme that you're getting variations on as it kind of weaves through and i think that that really does a good job of matching kind of the tone of of kotor 2 is this more um atmospheric more self-reflective uh sort of a story oh absolutely and i mean I, I don't know if this is the case with Kotor One because I've never I've never gotten that in depth that I never talked to Jeremy and uh, I you know the we never actually heard the original like sound files we've only heard what the game gives us and mm-hmm. uh, like it was really eye opening when the soundtrack dropped and first of all I was so excited because I was like next day in the car my way to work just mm-hmm. <laughs> blasting Kotor Two soundtrack. <laughs> But yep. um, no, it was super eye-opening because uh, I, I think that the way that the tracks are organized on the soundtrack that was officially released now are grouped like the original recordings were. Because you're mm-hmm. hearing a lot of things that aren't quite what they're supposed to be. Um, or like not, they're not quite detailed enough to where they are in the game. Like, you have... First of all, I was so happy to hear some of this M478 stuff that I'd never actually heard in its entirety before. But, Mm -hmm. um, like, the Droid Planet, for example, on the soundtrack, uh, the last, like, half of that, that's all stuff that was Malachor in the game. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. the the track that is Korriban, it's the the secret tomb on Korriban. Um... There's a couple other things like that. Oh, um, Ebonhawk Normal, the last half of it is the Mandalorian camp on Duxon. Um, huh. And the way the combat tracks are um, are organized, it's like the names are exactly like something that I would name my stuff when I'm sending stuff out to a client, like Combat 1 or uh, mm-hmm. First Battle or something like that. Very generic things. that And, and even even then, they cut those up and they just spread them throughout the game. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, aside from certain things like Polar Regions and Academy Ruins and things like that, a lot of the tracks didn't feel like they were specifically written for specific places. And yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Even the cutscenes yeah. cut are just comprised of either the cutscene music from KOTOR 1 or cut up pieces of music from the rest of the KOTOR 2 soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to kind of look through because, like you say, we're you know now on these official releases, we're seeing you know what uh, Grisky would have you know named those you know those compositions as mm-hmm. he turns them in. But then you know we're only getting the audio files you know up until up until now that have just you know basically been ripped off of the you know off of the game disc or what have you. So you know those yeah they've they've been renamed and you know and 
and that's fine. That's understandable. You know, if you're making a game and you're like, well, I need the song to go here. So I'm going to name it this so I can remember to, <laughs> to plug it in here. Right. So I, it, it makes sense that, you know, some of those name changes, but it's, it's just fascinating to kind of go through, you know, the, the list of the game file audio and see, you know, what the actual track was named and how they fit into this larger, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, this big orchestral work, I think is, is really, really neat just that we, we get that. And it's kind of like a little behind the scenes glimpse of what went into that. And I also had to wonder if there was a, if there was a, like another session of recordings and another session of pieces of music, because um, there is some pretty key stuff that's missing from the official release. I, uh, Namely, the one that everyone noticed was missing was the rebuilt Jedi Enclave. Um, mm. That's not there. Um, the the Corban Sith Academy is not there. Um, there's a few other things. Oh, like half of the Malachor music isn't there. Uh, and I ha- yeah, I just have to wonder like, was there another session of recordings? Because I'm I'm not actually sure why they didn't include them on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a- it's hard to say for sure. I mean, you bring up a good point that I think the music, Grisky's music is incredible, but KOTOR 2's soundtrack, I guess you can say it feels like one complete work, where KOTOR 1, I think it was a little bit, uh, I mean, it, it seemed like there was more combat music, but each world seemed a little bit more distinct, but... I, I would say what's strong about this uh, KOTOR 2 score is that it just seems united in theme and tone. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that's that's some, that's actually something that I that I wanted to talk about is that, like, I in preparation for this, I mean, I was already listening to it many times since it came out on Spotify, but uh, in preparation for this, I wanted to see how many tracks you could find the Sith Lord's leitmotif in. And I also came upon a surprise one that I th- I think had to have been intentional, but um, I'll, I'll get to it. So, I mean, like, you can hear it in um, in Citadel Station. You can hear it uh, on the droid planet, which, of course, the music was never in the actual official game, but I still think it was neat that it's there. Uh, mm. It's in polar regions. It's in Paragus Dark, so uh, the Harbinger, um, the Dantooine Academy Ruins, those are the ones that I found, but I also, if you go to Isis, I, I'm pretty sure I can hear a variation of the Sith theme from the first game, which once I thought about it, I went, it foreshadows the fact that Vaklu allies himself with the Sith. And if you think about it, it's the only planet where they act- where anybody actually allies themselves with the Sith in the entire game because a lot of the time the enemy is the exchange. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I-, I just thought that was interesting. With Isis and Onderon, I did also get some vibes from the prequels, like kind of the Jedi Temple March that you sometimes hear oh, yeah. playing. When uh, the Trade Federation and droids are marching, and then when Anakin's marching with the five hundred first, so yeah, yeah, I had yeah, I had in my notes, yeah, the I got a lot of uh, themes for like the the Battle of Naboo, but yeah, it's that same kind uh, yeah, of yeah. I think that, I, uh, I thought that, that Trade Federation I was a kid, I love that the the uh, I think on the soundtrack it's called Battle the Monster. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, that's really great. And then I, I, I do love, and I, I'd mentioned, you know, it's kind of atmospheric and playing on this theme, but you know, you kind of get that craze theme, and then it, you just get like these subtle like variants as you go um, through the through the story, and as she's, uh, you know, getting more and more, more and more in in your head, and you know, it's just kind of these little uh, tweaks uh, through that theme that you're picking up um, as you're going around. Um, and yeah, I, I really like that stuff, and you know, just kind of the way that it was it was composed to to kind of lay down. Uh, you know, kind of this foundation for you know what the story was was going to provide. So I, it's just it's like I said, it's it's just very different from from Kotor one, and just in the way that they were they were composed and uh, super interesting. I think, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with the with the story as well, and just because Kotor one um, is a very black and white uh, story of you're immediately told in the in the opening crawl that Malik's the enemy. He's the guy that's going to, like, take over the galaxy and, you know, you're fighting him. And so you have, like, you got the Jedi, 
and he got the Sith. That's 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 all it is. And then of course there's that magical twist that happens, but it is a ve- it is a very good and evil kind of story. And the second game, um, I mean, obviously at this point, spoilers if you haven't played Kotor <laughs> two, but um, the fact that you're traveling with the enemy the entire time, and that there's mm-hmm. and the whole striking from the shadows thing, and you're never actually truly aware of what enemy you're fighting. You're just trying to counter it. And so there really is no, oh, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys theme. Mm -hmm. It's just this overall atmosphere of you can't trust anybody. And that's also why I defend Paragas so much, because I think it is an absolutely perfect opening to the game. Because, you know, can't Mm -hmm. trust anybody, everyone's hunting you, yada, yada. Yeah, exactly, and and you said that it's you know it's it's a much uh, much grayer game, and if as you go through like the track listings, uh, Kreia and then uh, Treya are the only ones that have their their own theme. Everything else is you know kind of kind of a, a variation on that, and then you have your different kind of like battle themes. But you know the the exile doesn't doesn't have a theme. You know no, no one else has a theme. It, it's re- it's you know literally it's just uh, it's just Kreia. Uh, slash Treya and they, you know kind of kind of weaves through the story there um, between the parts. Years ago, I used to think that that um, the Exiles theme would have been uh, what on the soundtrack now is um, Planet Cores. It's it appears in the, in the credits for a little bit, um, which the credits is honestly just a lot of unused music. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought that it fit her very well, and then more recently, I realized that no, I think that the main theme is hers. I think that's just that's what it is. I would I mean, have thought it was the rebuilt Jedi Enclave. See, I, 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 I would have also. I could, I could see that. I, I the reason I thought about um, the main theme is just because, well, not not only because of the game mechanic of you can go light or dark because you know that's just what Kotor and Kotor two are, but also. No matter if you go light or dark, your character really doesn't fall to either side, and the Jedi want nothing to do with you, and the Sith want nothing to do with you, and, like, regardless of how much light you bring, there's all this darkness in your past, and the game is all just about accepting who you are, essentially. Um, Accepting that no matter what you've done, everything that you have done has led to this point, so light or dark, this is who you are. And I can definitely hear those kind of influences in the theme. That's an incredible lesson uh, because I'm scared of KOTOR 2. Uh, after we covered <laughs> KOTOR 1, I'm like, what does it mean? And I'm like, maybe that's what it means because it kind of seems a bit like a purgatory story uh, mm-hmm. where everything is so ambiguous, but... I mean, honestly, yeah, the exile is in purgatory. That's essentially what it is, because um, if you go along with the game metaphorically, she died at Malachor Five. Yeah. Um, and then the whole thing is about her being a leader. That's what Kreia tells her all the time. And that's that's their in-game explanation for the influence system and why everybody follows you and goes light or dark with you. And um, But... When she was wandering the galaxy after Malachor, she didn't affect anything. And yeah, that's that's kind of yeah, that is the point. Um, it's healing your healing the galaxy and healing your past mistakes while also accepting that you made those mistakes and not letting that define your future. That's mm-hmm. a mic drop through the heart. I think you just encapsulated KOTOR yeah. 2 better than I ever will, you know? Yeah. So maybe Brian's going to be like, do you want to replace Cassia for, like, <laughs> season two? And I'll be like, eh, I accept it, you know? But <laughs> I also just that's... think about I think about this game way too much, and I have for the past, oh, my God, 17 years? Yeah. Oh, that was, yeah. ooh, that hurt. Well, and... And yeah, I mean to to kind of you know piggyback of what what you're just uh, getting at there, Dennis, and not to get too far off of the off the music here, but I th- I think that's why Kotor two um, sort of resonates more as you as you age with it because if you played this game when you were young, you didn't really have the life experience maybe to to find uh, things that resonated with 
uh, Mitra Surik. So I think as as you get older and you can kind of kind of see, uh, you know, this purgatory story like within yourself, you know, and and you know things that you've done and regrets and things. I think that yeah, yeah. As as you get older, this this game definitely resonates more and on a deeper level, even even than uh, Kotor. Obviously, you know, of course we love we love that game too, but it just hits yeah. a little differently. I think as you're if you've played this, you know, as you know as you've kind of matured and, and grown up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they even kind of get meta about it a little bit. Um, I mean, at, at the end of the game, uh, when you get to Malachor and you encounter Kreia, she's just like, there is no great revelation. Were you expecting some, like, some surprise? No, there's no revelation. There's only you. Because, I mean, if, if you're playing this game and you feel, like, weirded out by the fact that you're not really understanding what it what it's doing... It's mm-hmm. probably because you played KOTOR 1 and you got to, like, the big reveal. And uh, if you expected something similar in the second game, it's not there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you just kind of keep, keep waiting for it, yeah. Yeah, KOTOR 2 was, like, the last Jedi before the last Jedi, the last Jedi, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I was trying to just make the last Jedi uh, verb, too, so... The last I'm just Jedi-ing. having too much fun with that, you know? The last Jedi. Yeah, there we go. I'm into it. I like it. Yeah. And I don't know, because it kind of seems like uh, KOTOR 1 is about giving a second chance to a Sith Lord and then giving a second chance to everyone on your team was kind of affected by the Mandalorian Wars and then the person who kind of gave you your second chance saved you from death. You can do the same. And yeah. the canonical light side ending is like a happy one, but uh, you can play it however you want, really. But and then KOTOR 2 is kind of like Malachor was hell, and then it's kind of like you make atonement to get through uh, Purgatory, I guess. And I find that mm-hmm. really cool that we're kind of making these connections as we talk about the music and what it means and i guess what are your favorite songs well not to be generic but the main theme is just incredible um i actually i i as practice i i wrote out um a midi mock-up of the main theme starting like maybe september or august last year and slowly worked at it and i was working on it in lessons with my uh with my professors and, and then once the game came, well, I mean, sorry, not the game. Once the uh, the soundtrack came out, I went, oh, I can post this online because now it's officially mm. out. So I did, mm. and I after doing it, I, I have an even deeper appreciation for it because it is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely the main theme. I have a I have a weird soft spot for the polar regions theme as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why it sounds too. like snow, yeah. but it it just does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that one rebuilt Jedi Enclave is a classic too, and uh, all the Narshada music is incredible. Yeah, the the Narshada uh, theme is is really great, and uh, you can almost like pick out the exact moment, you know, when the, you know, when that the the tune kind of kind of changes you know in that first sort of like life lesson that <laughs> that Kreia gives you there when you when you land there that's really cool um i really like the the theme for korriban it's it has kind of this this like same vibe as like the emperor's theme from from star wars um it has a little bit of um like this corral piece to it um which is which is really cool it, it kind of swells up i like that um yeah polar regions is is really good it, it sounds like <laughs> like a polar region would sound um that's great and and i really i just like the the battle themes uh through this game uh quite a bit more i think even than in than and in kotor i think they're a little bit Same. more engaging and they're a little bit more they're they're more kind of driving, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I really like the battle themes. They're here. very memorable in this game. I think the first game, um, they a lot Had of a it few. was drumming. Mm. There was a lot of drumming in the first game for the battle themes, but um, this this one, it definitely feels more seamless with the atmosphere music. Yeah. yeah. And and just to that, I'll, I'll throw this one out there too. Just the the 
the Paragus theme, uh, you know, just when the game gets started off and it just immediately sets the tone That's for, so you know, what the next 20 hours is going to be. It's, it's really good. For me, like, the startup screen even, like, just brings back memories, like, just mm-hmm. auditorially. I'm like, oh, this is so good, you know? And yeah. Yeah. The Sith, yeah, the Sith Lord themes, it's melancholy, it's brooding, but still has that hint of Star Wars fairy tale magic. But it's just kind of like the gothic horror version of the fairy tale, not like the the simple kind of fairy tale that Disney tells, you know? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And then aboard the Ebon Hawk, just... That's that's one thing I think we mentioned was missing from uh, the first Knights of the Old Republic was a, a distinct theme for yes. the Ebon Hawk. So I've, I'm I've really talked glad about that with some other people it. I know too, and uh, I, I there's been people who've modded this theme into the first game because they like it better, and I don't think it fits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It fits well in the second game, really, really well, but not not in the first. Yeah, I guess you'll just have to compose a KOTOR 1 Ebon Hawk theme uh, that fits that tone, and they can mod it in. There we so. go. That's that's right, yeah. It's it's weird because, yeah, and it, it should have a completely different theme because if you think about it, when you're in Knights of the Old Republic, um, in that game, when you go back to the Ebon Hawk, like, it's almost like a, a joyous celebration, right? It's like mission accomplished. Uh, you know, everyone's getting back on board. We're going to, you know, have a drink and head off to the next location. But in KOTOR 2, when you get back on the Ebon Hawk, you're like, oh, man, I have to I have to go and, like, confront all of these people <laughs> again. Yeah. again. Oh, and so of it's, course, it's the cutscenes. much darker, yeah. Like, the little, like, cutaways add such a huge atmosphere to it, too. Like, every time you get in the ship, it's like two characters are just getting in an argument or like Kreia's yeah. doing some funky stuff to to the disciple and screwing with his mind and yeah for sure and yeah. it's all this stuff that your character doesn't know which i think is even cooler yeah so i it's a it's a completely different different vibe so yeah it, it wouldn't uh, for me yeah i wouldn't making that change to put this into the into the first game i don't think makes makes any sense yeah yeah and then i totally forgot there was a Kreia theme I don't know how I forgot about it, but it, it kind of just uh, sounds like if I had to describe, like, give me a theme for a mysterious mentor, Mark Grisky delivered, you know. And then I have a question. Um, where did B4D4 play? Well, that's actually kind of interesting, because on the soundtrack, it's in uh, A Dark Awakening, which is the like it starts out with the music that um, that happens when the Ebon Hawk gets captured by Goto's yacht and then goes into the B4D4 music, and specifically it's okay. So it's it's supposed to play when you play as B4D4 um, when you're helping out the Athorians on Telos. Okay. Um, mm. And when you break into the Zerka mainframe. And for some reason, I'm a little foggy on this. I feel like in the regular game, it doesn't play any differently. Uh, at least huh. maybe not in the Xbox. I feel like it just plays the regular Citadel Station music. But when I played through the uh, the restored content version, it definitely had that music. Yeah. And I think it fits really well because you're walking around. I don't know if you've ever done this. And when you're playing as B4D4, you can just go. All, you can still travel all over Citadel Station. And so right. yeah, you can yeah. go up to like Lieutenant Gren or like go up to the 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 shuttle bays and talk to various people and they all have different reactions. Yeah. <laughs> that was always fun. Cuz I I wrote down like it reminded me of like Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse music like from the old cartoons yeah. like mm-hmm. kind of like comedic and I was like I do not remember this. I feel like I would remember this. So I was like, where did this even play? So that's good to know that I wasn't imagining it. Uh, And then with the Secret Academy, did you kind of feel like it was a major version of the Sith Lord's theme? Or am I just kind of not musically with it? You know, I actually don't know off the top of my head. Um, I didn't make that connection, but you could be entirely right. And I'm actually pulling up the soundtrack now, and I'm going to listen to a section of it just because I'm curious. 
Don't ask me how I had this soundtrack queued up so fast on my computer. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, um, I don't necessarily think major, but I can I can kind of hear how those kind of relates to um, what the str- what, like the lower strings are doing in the later section of the main theme. I think it has a relation to it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because that's something we've kind of discussed. Uh, like, what we love in Star Wars scores is, like, when the Darth Vader theme can be made positive like it is mm-hmm. in Return of the Jedi and also in Phantom Menace. Like, you have Anakin's theme. And then with... Uh, Ben Solo's theme, it's kind of the good version of the, the ba 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 like the mm-hmm. the evil Kylo Ren theme where you know, and we kind of discussed it like it would be cool like if you know, Revan had like a dark side, light side uh, just kind of like mm-hmm. that and then like Bastilith, there's like a conflicted theme, dark side, and then positive light side theme. I'm like, almost curious if this kind of stuff's going to be done with the remake, because for some, I, I, would I love feel it. like, I feel like they're not going to just use the same music for the remake. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be completely new. I I think it'll be based on the original stuff at least partly, um, because they have made arrangements of some of the music like in the Old Republic. They've used yeah. the mm-hmm. Old Republic main theme for for Revan. Uh, in some of those expansions, um, yeah. But I feel like they'll they'll probably get uh, Gordy Hobb or um, Stephen Barton or one of those guys to do it. I think that they should use Mark Grisky, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, it, yeah. it it yeah. appears that he was kind of just lost in the Disney transfer. Yeah. Because which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you know, when LucasArts went under, uh, the older public continued, and mm-hmm. it's uh, like he he was the lead composer on that game on, on the older public um, for a few years, and then all of a sudden, he just kind of stopped getting told things, and he was like, "Hey, so uh, what are we doing? Oh, they're making a new expansion." Why did I not know about this? Yeah. So it's, it seems like they almost kind of like just let him go throughout through the transfer and no one ever told him. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think they should definitely like... bring him back. Because, I mean, if there's anyone, obviously, who understands the the KOTOR, like, world, it's him because he's worked on it. He's he's done it. Yeah. For right, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do have to mention a couple just tracks, like, for fun. Um, Jack Jack Tar, because this is kind of a funny one, because when we're getting our, our new outro music, it's based on Isa's Cantina, but I got it mixed up with the Jack Jack Tar, so I was thinking, like, yeah, jazzy, fun, and then, like, Dennis <laughs> is like, what? Like, you want this as your outro music? And then it's, like, yeah, kind of, like, that was that was pretty funny. and all that. And then I was like, oh, I meant Isa's Cantina, but we're never going to say Telos Cantina because that's a, that's a crime against uh, people's ears, I think. I, I think I think that it was it was really just made. Uh, I, I think I had some pretty bad things to say about it the first time I was here. Um, but I it was uh, it's one of those things, I think, where they were like, hey, uh, we need some Cantina music. Uh, and we also need it like in an hour, if I had to guess, because that <laughs> so, seems yeah, like something where they least, just yeah. went, uh, okay, open up logic. Uh, here's like a, the same eight bars over and over again. Just hit loop. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. I will say Jack Jack Tar Tunnels. Like, I think it's the best confrontation music in the game. Mm. Um, yeah, it, sound, it sounds you have to look for that one, I think, because uh, I'm not sure what it falls under on the uh, the official track list. But um, yeah, that one. Gave me a lot of like uh, Harry Potter vibes, the Jack Jack Tar tunnels. Yeah. Um, kind of the the films there. Jack Jack Tar tunnels. I'm trying to think of what that is off the top of my head. Can't think of yeah. where it is on the actual soundtrack now. But. Yeah. And then uh, I love the Isis Cantina, best Cantina music in the Kotor series. 
I was upset uh, that it yeah. wasn't included in the soundtrack. I know. Yeah. I was like, um, <laughs> where's my Isis cantina? Like, why isn't this here? But <laughs> that, and then, that's right. Isis war gets on there, but not the cantina. Yeah, I want the morgue, you know, not the cantina. Um, and then facing Darth Sion, very ghostly, and then the final battle, I put ye <laughs> as a yes. Yo, you I know? say the same thing. Yeah. I, I say ye all the time, just like in texts. Yep. So. Yeah. yeah. Those are some of my thoughts. Um, and then... Did you say, like, this soundtrack kind of inspired you to get into composing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the major influences were a lot of the Zelda music. Um, this this soundtrack specifically and uh, some of the Doctor Who stuff. For sure, yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff in this, um, in this score uh, here, for sure. So it yeah just to to kind of circle back on that it's awesome that it got like an official release and you can listen listen to them now and and their whole glory and we just have to have to hope for some sort of uh i don't know like a mondo pressing or uh limited rum pressing or something of of this see on, i'm, uh, I'm vinyl. curious that'd be, that'd be pretty great I'm, I'm curious because limited run has done they've included like cd soundtracks um with some games before and I know that they yeah, are—they're they, working on doing a KOTOR two switch, and I mm-hmm. think PC release like they did for the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And which, speaking of which, those—the first ones should be getting shipped out very soon, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, there was just—I um, just got an email that said they were um, expecting to start shipping those the end of July or the first of August. So yeah, so hopefully we'll get that. And yeah, they haven't announced that there is going to be a collector's edition for uh, KOTOR 2, but uh, they haven't said anything about what's going to be included in yeah, it and I'm what is going to be a part of it. So so yeah, so I'd love yeah to, a CD would be would be cool. Uh, a vinyl would be uh, cooler for sure. And I know that they've done some some standalone like vinyl uh, pressings before. Yeah, um, I'm not, I, I'm not so, sure if they yeah, would so with something. this, um, just because I don't think that they, to my knowledge, I don't think that they've done it for the past few um, games, like uh, hmm. Squadrons, yeah, they Fallen Order, Battlefront 2. Yeah, they haven't been, they haven't been doing them um, um, quite as regularly, but, but they had done them in the past, and I, I know, um, like, Mondo has done some Star Wars properties, they just did... Right, um, right. The Rogue One, I think, is coming out soon. They did the the Mandalorian uh, big box set and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I would I would love to uh, to get that to add to the collection. But yeah, I'm just I'm just stoked that you can listen to it like in its uh, full blown uh, recorded glory here now on your on your phone or whatever. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm glad it inspired you to become a composer because you've composed awesome. Star Wars tracks and awesome just tracks in general and I think you're going to take the composing world by storm and uh, I'm just excited for more people to hear uh, what you do and you've helped, you've been a great help to our podcast, you've created some great lo-fi. Off the top of your head, uh, which tracks do you think uh, from KOTOR 2 uh, would be the funnest to to hear in the lo-fi style? This game is a lot harder to think about that with, um, just because a lot of it really is just so atmospheric and it can be very atonal. Um, but I think that the one that stands out the most would be like Rebuilt Jedi Enclave. I think I think mm-hmm. that could benefit mm-hmm. from it the most. Um, even maybe even the Darth Sion theme, because there there has to be something where you can take like a discernible singable melody out of it and mm-hmm. there has to be some identity that stays the same when you make a lo-fi remix of something and mm-hmm. a lot of their a lot of the identities of these tracks are like the instrumentation um but I, yeah i think rebuilt jedi enclave and i think uh the darth scion theme Oh, for sure. Maybe even the main theme, that would be a challenge. That would be a huge challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I says Cantina would be cool, too. Oh, uh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah and aboard the Ebonhawk. Yeah, when I was, oh, when I was going too. through the outline 
here and I was listening to it. I, I kind of thought that uh, polar regions could be okay, but yeah, a lot of them are, are like you said, they're so kind of atmospheric and so uh, so subtle. Yeah, and even, even polar regions. <laughs> making them more subtle. Polar regions <laughs> is yeah. another example of where like the instrumentation is the identity because mm-hmm. all polar regions is, besides like the ostinato strings, is uh, the Sith Lord's main theme, Melody. Mm-hmm. That's 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 all it is. Yeah. So if you strip away the instrumentation, you're essentially just using the main theme. Right. Yeah. 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 That that's a good point. And who knows? Maybe we'll be like Dennis. Can you make this lo-fi? And he'd be like, okay, you know. But <laughs> we'll we'll see. But it's a very different score from the first game. But um. I guess, what are you working on now? Uh, is KOTOR Live uh, still happening? Yes. Or? yes, it is. It's still happening. I've gotten I've gotten questions about it, and I, under, I understand people's frustration that it's not that it's not done, and that I haven't really given that much of it. Um, the, it, it really is. Uh, the pandemic really did throw a huge wrench into it, um, just because I had a lot of players nearby that were going to record a lot of things um, in the studios of my school. And then of course we lost access to the studios and a lot of those people either couldn't make the travel anymore because, you know, why would you travel that far during COVID and um, Mm -hmm. other, other people just literally had to leave the city. They had to, they couldn't afford it. They had to go back to live with their parents or, just leave in general and go somewhere else. So I lost my plan essentially. <laughs> and uh, I had to improvise from there and I'm doing a lot of it remotely. And uh, I had to prioritize a lot of paying projects that I had. And uh, of course, just surviving and finishing school. Um, and I have been working on more of the sheet music recently uh, I have been getting more of it recorded. It's just a very, very slow process, but it is still happening. Incredible. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, no, uh, uh, definitely definitely glad to hear that. And then uh, you do have another project that is uh, coming out. If you are listening to the podcast, we played a trailer for it uh, a couple weeks back, but it's a new uh, audio drama that you're involved in. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, it's called Murphy. And it's been in the works, not specifically by me, um, but for about two years because I'm, I'm doing all music, music supervision, sound design, editing for the show. Um, but it was uh, created by my girlfriend, uh, Alexander Monroe, um, and uh, several of our other uh, friends are writers on it. And honestly, many of the actors are our friends, too. Um, and it started out as like mostly I would say like a passion project and it's just evolved into something so much bigger and it's I'm so excited to share it <laughs> um, yeah the trailer's up on anywhere you can find podcasts you know the big ones being like Amazon Spotify Apple Podcasts and you can also follow the show there um, you can find uh on Twitter and Instagram, if you go to Merlin's Monsters, that's Merlin with a Y, um, you can find it there. And yeah, we're also raising money through Indiegogo for it. So if you search up Murphy Indiegogo, you'll find it'll say Murphy Season 1. And yeah, but it's about it's about cryptids and folktales and uh, these people who go on an adventure looking for them and there's something really dark and sinister happening behind the scenes and they have to decide what to do about it. That sounds really awesome. And we'll of course, uh, uh, post it after this episode and we'll post it in the links. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to promote? Um, besides, besides Murphy, I'm working on a game soundtrack. The game is called Eden, a dream of a distant moon. Uh, I don't have any details on when that game is coming out. Uh, I can't give any details about the game, but uh, yeah, I'm 
getting closer to finishing that soundtrack, and I'm really interested to see where it goes. But yeah, just keep a lookout for for that game. I would say maybe in, in the next year, if I had to guess. Oh, okay. I can't wait to uh, hear it, and uh, I am just so thrilled that uh, you're getting gigs. You know, yeah. like you're like Max Rebo. You you got a gig. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, the ultimate compliment. <laughs> that's 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 right. Yeah, when you uh, when you get compared to Max Rebo, you know that you have uh, made it yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, follow along. You know, we'll pass along any uh, kind of updates that we get from uh, Dennis uh, on on those fronts, and make sure you follow Dennis on uh, you know Instagram, all that stuff. It's uh, at uh, I think it's at DS Mowers Music. Yes, Is that yep, right? that's it. Awesome, awesome. All right. So thanks everyone for listening, and may the force be with you. Public Podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Older Public Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at dennissmowersmusic.com. This episode of the Older Public Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>